This podcast is brought to you by GovInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within federal, state, and local government agencies. Hello, I'm Executive Editor Eric Chabro, and here are some of the top stories for the week ending Friday, April 8th, 2011 on GovInfoSecurity.com. With the threat of a partial government shutdown looming, federal agencies face the prospect of safeguarding its digital assets with fewer workers. Former Interior Department Chief Information Officer Hoare Tipton says a government shutdown could weaken IT defenses. He cites recent cyber assaults such as an advanced persistent threat or APT attack against security maker RSA and the pilfering of big corporate client email lists from online marketer Epsilon. Those attacks, he points out, occurred when their IT security operations were fully staffed. Tipton says that wouldn't be the case if the government ended up furloughing some IT personnel. When we put ourselves into a state of chaos, like this, and that's what it will be. Think of the opportunities for striking, particularly through these APTs. They'll just pick and choose the targets with much less uh, security behind them. Tipton recollects that about 15% of Interior's workforce was deemed essential during the 1995 government shutdown. It was almost like a ghost town in many places. Today, he guesses that percentage could climb to 25% or more because of the critical role IT plays in government operations. In other news, the Bureau of Labor Statistics for the first time published survey data on an information security occupation. During the first three months of 2011, some 37,000 individuals in the United States consider themselves to be information security analysts. And according to the survey, none of those IT security analysts were unemployed. The survey results shouldn't be taken as gospel because the sample size of households with IT security analysts was relatively small. Still, the data BLS provides shed some light onto one segment of the IT security profession. Whether or not the unemployment rate is truly zero, IT security analysts belong to a profession in which employers say they cannot find enough workers with those skills and nearly everyone with those skills can find a job. I'll be back with more of the week's top stories after this message. Are you responsible for your agency's regulatory compliance program? Do cybercrime, data breaches, or endpoint security keep you up at night? Do you have any certifications which require continuing professional education credit hours? The solution to your problems may be the GovInfoSecurity.com educational webinar library. You'll find plenty of courses that align with your core responsibilities. Visit GovInfoSecurity.com for more information on how to access these webinars. Welcome back. A top RSA technologist unveiled details about how the mid-March advanced persistent threat attack occurred on security maker RSA and its secure ID two-factor authentication products. In his blog, Yuri Rivner writes that a well-crafted email with a subject line reading 2011 retirement plan tricked an RSA employee to retrieve the message from a junk mail folder. Rivner says an Excel spreadsheet attached to the email contained a zero-day exploit that led to the installation of a backdoor virus that in turn exploited an Adobe Flash vulnerability, which Adobe has since patched. In my blog on RSA, entitled No Such Thing as Bad Publicity, I start off with a quotation from showman George M. Cohan, who said, I don't care what you say about me, as long as you say something about me, and as long as you spell my name right. And the right spelling? R-S-A. 
The blog makes the point that the attack raises the visibility of multi-factor authentication, and if RSA handles the crisis right, it might eventually boost sales of its authentication wares. As international branding expert Nick Redden says, People will think, if this can happen to those big companies, it can happen to me, so I'd better do it right now. Like a rising tide, Redden says, every company in an industry can gain if awareness goes up. For RSA to rebound, it must be forthright with its customers and the public about how it's handling the breach. What the marketplace doesn't want is what George M. Cohan is best known for, a song and a dance. Finally, our featured interview with the top cybersecurity executive at the Department of Homeland Security, Deputy Undersecretary Philip Reitinger. Reitinger is on a mission to help create a new secure computing ecosystem on the internet leading a team that last month published a white paper entitled Enabling Distributed Security in Cyberspace. Redinger says functioning in today's internet-tied world could be threatened without moving to a new computing environment. Unless we can solve this problem, unless people start to really pay attention to the threat and how we need to drive fundamental change, we're going to be in a world that gets worse from day to day and month to month and year to year. And we're going to be at a place eventually where your television's going to complain that it's being attacked by your refrigerator and isn't able to operate anymore. None of us wants to live in that world. To listen to the entire interview with Reitinger and read the latest news and views on government IT security, please visit govinfosecurity.com. That's it for this week. I'm Eric Chabro. Enjoy your weekend and have a great week ahead. This podcast has been brought to you by GovInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.GovInfoSecurity.com.